What happens when a radio broadcaster gets let go from his sports talk job? Well, he tries to figure out what he wants to do next for a career, and in the meantime, joins the four million other podcasts on the internet, and the John Cast is born. Join me each week as I talk to guests I find interesting or entertaining from the world of sports, play-by-play broadcasting, or whatever else sounds fascinating to me at the moment. The John Cast is what I'm doing until I figure out what I'm doing. Subscribe, download, and I hope you learn something along the way. Wow, it's episode 30 already of the John Cast podcast. I can't believe it. Episode 30 is here, and we've got our first podcast. Well, no, this is actually the second podcast with three people. I apologize. I had Brian Lucas, uh, Brian Postick, and Mike Lucas on earlier, and now I've got Dennis Punzel, the Wisconsin State Journal, covers the Wisconsin Badger volleyball team, and Kelly Sheffield, he's the head coach of the Wisconsin Badger volleyball team, here to kind of give you an off-season update on volleyball. But before we get to that, I want to remind everybody, I got a lot of things going on with this podcast, fellas. So first thing is first, I'm making t-shirts with Scani. We've got um, a five-week run of sports-themed t-shirts for the sports fan in Wisconsin. And this week's t-shirt, which you can find at johncastpodcast.com, by the way, a great way to support the podcast is to purchase a t-shirt, um, is for all the great college fans or people who love Madison, Wisconsin. It is a tri-blend, super soft t-shirt. Here, let's take a look at it with everybody. There it is. Uh, it's got the outline of the state of Wisconsin, Madison highlighted, just to kind of you know represent your city, I guess, for lack of a, a better description. But it's a great fit. Comes in vintage red with that white state outline, city of Madison highlighted. Perfect for a game day event or just hanging out at home. Once again, you check that out at Scani. And if you're watching on Spotify, it's right there on your screen. That's what it looks like, johncastpodcast.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Ian's Pizza. Shout out to Ian's Pizza. Uh, National Pizza Day was just the other day, and they celebrated by dropping off some fresh pizzas to the their friends at the River Food Pantry. And they've always got new slices of pizza. Check out their Instagram. Check out their Twitter. Check them out in Madison, three locations, plus Seattle uh, and Denver and Milwaukee other locations for Ian's Pizza. And guess what? We are doing a bracket contest in a couple of weeks, whenever March Madness starts, and we are giving away a TV to one lucky listener of the podcast. You're going to get a huge big screen TV if you have the best bracket. And I will have all that information. I hope to have bracket sign up here at the end of the week. Um, so that's what we're doing. And so get ready for that because you could win a TV just by listening to this podcast and playing along with the brackets. And one more thing to get to. Starting in March as well, I've got another sponsor on board. It's my favorite place to go grab a margarita in town. It's me and Julio. And uh, thank you to me and Julio. We'll be doing some fun promotions with them. And we'll be giving away some gift cards so you can go enjoy my favorite margarita, a me and Julio margarita. They are absolutely the best margaritas in town. Okay, now that I got that out of the way, Kelly, Dennis, what's going on? How are you guys? How have you been since the national championship, Kelly? After listening to that intro, I'm hungry right now. And, <laughs> and thirsty, probably. I think, I think I know where I'm going for lunch. I'm going to get a slice of pizza at Ian's and, I don't know, maybe go hang out with Julio down by the schoolyard or yeah. something. Like that. For, <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, doing well. Thanks for having me on. Dennis, how you doing? This is a dream come true, John. I've been waiting 30 episodes. <laughs> Finally. Does it feel like You almost had me on once, but then you blocked me, I think. Uh we had some technical difficulties yeah. in Columbus. Uh, that's what you told me. I think you blocked me, but yeah, that was just you really just wanted to leave Feinswag, but you didn't want to hurt my feelings. <laughs> I, I just kept sending you a bad link. Um, Kelly, how has life been since the national championship? 
it's a uh, we're we're back at it right now. You know, I mean that's a uh, that's probably an easy way of putting it. I mean it's it's been cool that you know the recognition is 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 still coming, and we've done some some cool things with like the Packers and some of the things with the um, with the Senate and legislature here downtown, and I think we're going to a Bucks game. Uh, next week, uh, basketball. So the you know the recognition is there, and and the the, the, the kids are are enjoying that. But uh, it, we're back in the gym, and their mentality and and just how they're approaching learning, um, the work that they're putting on their own. It's uh, it's 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 awesome to be back in the gym. What's it like? Just. I mean, obviously, you you have a life around Madison. Do people come up to you and they say, "Hey, congratulations on the title"? Are more people coming up to you and saying, "Hey, great season! I watched the game." Because that that happens to me, and I'm not even on TV. You know what I mean? People come up to me and they say, "Man, we loved watching volleyball." I was uh, with family in Minnesota a couple of weeks ago, and I had a bunch of people come up and say, "Oh my gosh, we watched the volleyball match. It was so exciting." And those are people that don't watch volleyball. What's that been like for you? Have you, have you had more interactions with people like that? Oh uh, yeah, I mean it's because because it's important to this you know this community and in, in the state. I mean we've got a we've got an unbelievable fan base, and so it, yeah, it's 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 a lot. It was pretty cool. We took our kids uh, right after uh, Christmas. We went to New York City to, to take them to show see uh, Hamilton, and uh, uh, we. We went to a Levain Bakery in, in um, Soho, and uh, a couple of people outside the bakery came up and, and said something. We weren't uh, – uh, that was a little bit of a, a, a surprise for us. And then we, when we went to see Hamilton right during the intermission, there was a, a couple that came up and, and congratulated and, and, uh, and, and said hi. So you, you're not really expecting to walk around New York City and have some people that are, that are, uh, that are excited that it's – you know, I don't know who's the most watched volleyball match ever, you know, for, for college volleyball. So, um, you know, hopefully we continue to grow and, and um, you know, it's, it's some exciting stuff uh, that played out there in the final four. Yeah, I mean, I have some of the same experience with a family in California that watched in Florida and all excited about it. it it's, it's amazing the reach that it has. But even during that, period and shortly after you're on to the next year too while you're celebrating one thing you're on to the next and you're filling out you have a lot of um, established people who won't be back next year and you've you've added four names a, a international player who was on board for quite a while but people yeah. just didn't know about it, it was it was a tightly held secret and uh, three transfers so far. What can you tell people the process and what those kids will bring to you as you look at a new season? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, in that class, we've had Ella Roble committed for, for a while. And, um, you know, we're really excited about Ella and her future. And, you know, I think one of the dominant attackers in, in her class. Uh, uh, Golche Gudikin is, um, uh, you know, I'm sure she'll be known as Gigi, uh, has been committed for a while. And we, we've gotten to know her real, real well. But she plays, um, uh, she plays in Turkey, and they just weren't – she wasn't real sure about how uh, people there would, would feel about her coming to the States. I mean, she is a 
uh, highly, highly uh, thought of uh, at her position in, in, in their country. And so there was a little bit of concern about, um, you know, would she be losing roster spots and things like that along the way if she would have committed for a while. But that actually hasn't played out like that. They've been very supportive. But um, – a lot of experience, very, very experienced uh, player. Uh, it, it's it's funny, Anne Marie. <laughs> Anne Marie, as as everybody that remembers watching Anne Marie Hickey, is a uh, has been a heck of a player and, and very confident in, in her own abilities. And you know, you know, Taylor Morey would be here, and she'd be like, oh, "I'm better than Taylor." Kelly Bates, I'm better than. You know, it's uh, Tiffany Clark, uh, Emmy Dodge, uh, uh, Lauren Barnes, you know, all of them. I'm, I, I was better than them, um, you know, in kind of a playful but yet confident way. And <laughs> about a week ago, uh, she's, she goes, yeah, Gulchay is better than I am. <laughs> than I ever was. And, and that kind of says something. I think that was hard for her to say. Um, but um, – you know, so and then Caroline Crawford. We were at the Final Four when um, we just got there Tuesday. Uh, uh, when, you know, and people call her Cece, so we got a GG and a Cece coming in. <laughs> and uh, uh, Caroline had, had gotten into the portal right when we, I think, arrived. I think that Tuesday, and uh, we got a phone call, and her and I had a, a short conversation. Uh, I think right when I got into the. Um, checked into the hotel and just said, Hey, you know, we got some things on our plate right now is, you know, I'm interested in talking with you, but can you wait a week? And, uh, she said, yeah, no problem. And, and, um, uh, so we went on Saturday and I think she committed on, on Monday. I think uh, we, we talked on Sunday when I got back into town and had another conversation on Monday and just connected real well. I think she's a, she's a really good fit for, for us and it gives us a lot of flexibility and it's a great competitor. So super excited about her. And, and then, um, uh, as you saw a couple days ago, Sarah Franklin, um, uh, from, um, uh, from Michigan state, uh, just committed to us. She'd been in the portal for, I don't know, uh, a couple weeks, few weeks or so, and, and talked to quite a few schools and took some visits and, just fit in really, really well. Uh, great competitor. I think she was third in, in the conference in kills per set. So you, you usually don't have people with that type of, you know, uh, production that is going in, in the portal and, and uh, eligible right away. So th those are the new people that we can kind of uh, – that, uh, that we're adding. So we're, we're certainly excited about all of them. I like the nicknames. That's easy for me to say. So let's talk about Gulljay, uh, Gigi. Um, as I might call her early on before I get the name down. So I was reading somewhere. I don't remember exactly where I was reading about how you were watching her on, on film. It might've been Dennis's article. Um, you were watching her <laughs> on film and just, just like halfway through, you said, okay, let me get on the horn and try to figure this out. What exactly yeah. was it about that? And what is it that Anne Marie Hickey sees? What is it about her that both of you immediately, yeah. you know, she hasn't even played a, a match and you both, you know, see that talent. Yeah. She, her range is incredible. Um, her defensive range is incredible. And most people, when they're young, are really good with the stuff kind of from, let's say, their belly button on down. And mm -hmm. they make those types of moves. Uh, the entire wheel um, 
she is really good at when that jumps out at you, you know, and balls that are out in front of her to the side and back behind her overhead. Um, her pursuits, uh, she, she has incredible range, uh, but yet she makes the, you know, she, she makes plays look simple. You know, sometimes people can be like a little water bug out there, or make simple plays look very, very complicated. She doesn't. She, um, uh, you know, I, she passes the ball really well uh, with a lot of range. She gets gets into seams and uh, is confident passing those balls. That I think internationally, this the serves are coming. Uh, they're a lot more challenging than than what is happening at, in the college game. And the ball that they use, that ball is really floating a lot. And so she's the types of balls that she has seen is different than a lot of people her age here. And maybe her best skill is probably her setting. I mean, her out of system setting is, is really good. Uh, have no idea what type of server she is. Uh, she says she's been working on it since she's committed here, but uh, uh, bros don't serve uh, overseas. So uh, who knows what we're going to get from that standpoint when she gets here. But, uh, you know, and then she just plays with such enthusiasm. You know, she kind of, you know, that reminds me a little bit of of uh, Yulia Orzel, <clears throat> this, you know, you know, the competitor, fierce competitor on the court, but just uh, lightens up the room, you know, with such a positive spirit um, uh, away from it. You know, it's um, looking forward to getting her here. Yeah. She told me she's a good server too. So she's, she's spreading that story. We'll see. Um, where you've, you've studied her and learned about her from afar. You've prepared to play Sarah Franklin. You've had kids line up across from her and you've seen her do almost everything for that team. Mm-hmm. What happens when she comes to a team that's maybe more balanced with more options and she's not being asked to do everything how much more can that bring out in her, even if her opportunities might diminish a little bit? You know, it's a, uh, I like how she approaches things. Number one, I like her confidence. You know, it's a, um, you know, she believes in herself and and uh, what she's trying to do. But yet, you know, when we spoke to her and just said, you know, this, you've, you've had a really big role where, where you've been and, and uh, there's no guarantee of playing time, of court time here. You know, we just, we don't operate that way. And, you know, we don't operate that way and we don't recruit that way. It's just, you know, this is earned and it's earned on a daily basis. And, and that in a scarer, even though that there's a lot of depth uh, at that at that position, she was excited about the challenge. She's, you know, she had a massive role. They passed, you know, she took the most swings by far on their team. Uh, she was hitting from antenna to antenna, everywhere in between, front row and back row. Took a lot of, a uh, lot of big swings from behind the service line. Early on, they were doing a hybrid serve, and then later on, she was doing a spin serve. Um, and then they passed two all six rotations, uh, which, and she passed two all six rotations. So you you don't ever see people passing you know, half the court while they're in the front row and is the team's number one option. I mean, it's just a, uh, that's a, that's a heavy, heavy load. Um, you know, I'd say she's a good passer, but I think her passing numbers will go up dramatically when you kind of shrink the court and the responsibilities that she's going to have. 
she's a you know uh, no fear defensively uh, you know she'll go over there and and hit the floor uh attacking you know she would rather take big rips than tip the ball or for sure uh i think that's you know she comes from a volleyball family i think that was uh put in her head from a very early age, get up there and take big swings. Her thumb down, uh, four to four shot is, uh, blew us up quite a few times when we played. But, um, you know, she's she's got a big arm and, and uh, I know she's excited about getting here. You know, one of the things that I, uh, once again, I'll reference uh, some of the reading I've done with Dennis and Jim Polzine, and I'm not asking you for a lineup because I'm sure that lineup will change throughout the course of a season. But I think what's kind of, fun for fans is to is to look at who you have who you who you've added and who you've lost and and try to figure out all the pieces what is that like for the coaching staff i mean is that is that fun to you to try to figure out now okay now we've got you know we're getting closer to our final roster and now we get to put all the pieces in at the right spots you're you're asking if i have fun with this i mean you're talking to a guy that that we had 14 different lineups uh, <laughs> right this past year and then and then against indiana we put uh three front row players that who's together was 20 feet in height you know and, you know well, why are you doing that well why not do that i mean that's uh, <laughs> it's a um yeah i think that's part of the fun for anybody whether you're a, a manager in baseball or a coach in whatever sport is is uh, is putting those things to, uh, together and try to max that out. And so we've got a lot of possibilities. Um, you know, it's not something we worry about at this time of the year. It's uh, you know, you're uh, you know, you allow players to kind of improve at their own rates, and and you, you you're certainly right now you're trying to trying to help every single player max out their potential, and and they're they're spending a lot of time in, in the gym on their own. Um, but, but yeah, as you're kind of going and trying to figure out, all right, what, what do we need to do to move, move the team forward and what does it look like? Um, you know, I could, you know, I think the first thing is, are you playing, what type of offensive system are you playing? You know, and I think we've got the ability of running a five, one or a six, two. Um, we've got two setters that are chomping at the bit and uh and it, izzy ashburn and mj hamill both of those guys are they're the workers they've earned the team's trust they, they play player teammates play hard for them uh both of them are in the gym multiple times a day i mean it, it twice a day it, it, every day just getting reps on their own they, they love to they love to rep it out and they're very similar to the other setters that we've had in the past in that way of, of wanting to work um you know they they've got their own strengths but uh you know I, it's uh i i think we'll have the firepower to run a six two the uh, the question is is the continuity you know there's there's pros and cons of, of both of those uh pittsburgh was running a six two offense got to the final four and, and easily could have made it to the finals or, or or won the whole thing i think they had that type of, of team and talent um five ones are are a lot more likely that you know we're not going to you know, uh, or not likely. A lot more teams will do that, but you know, we're, we're not going to just do what other people are doing. We're going to we're going to try to leverage our talents uh, the best ways that we can, and we'll we'll be open to uh, to, to lots of things. Uh, among other things, uh, health issues. 
that kind of hits you at different times. Can you update people on some of those who we know have been injured and maybe a couple who played through some things and where they are now and their prospects as you go through spring and summer? Yeah, I mean, it's a um, – so many of these players in college sports, uh, so many of them, Across the country, are just they're battling through things. It's it's hard to be a, an athlete, and, and so there's. I'd say most players are playing without fans even knowing what they're what they're having to go through. You know, there is a. Uh, uh, I think Kentucky, when they won their championship in the spring, my understanding is they had a starter that didn't that didn't practice at all, uh, almost for a majority of the season. Um, you know, and it, but you, you look at the results, and it, it be just it's it's stunning and shocking. It's just uh, that she could be that good without doing much practicing. And so there's a lot of that that goes on throughout the country. Um, you know, uh, most players don't know because I'd say, you know, here we are in the middle of February, and we're getting you know there yesterday morning there was an article in the newspaper about volleyball, and here we are doing a podcast. And, and in most schools in February, it just shuts down right? The score shut down and there's just nothing there. And so they're not getting the coverage of that. But, it, um, you know, we've got players that have had surgeries uh, after the season. And, uh, you know, we've got at least one player that is going to be out for the spring and, uh, and some others that are starting to work their way back in. Um, that doesn't make us any unique than a lot of other teams out there. Uh uh, I think Orzel, I think it's it's known that she was playing with a stress fracture throughout the season. We kind of laid off her jumping uh, up until this point. I think next week will be the first time that she'll be doing some explosive movements. That That is, um, it's gone really, really well. Danielle Hart just touched 10 foot uh, last week. I think it was the first time that she jumped and wow. She gets up there and she touched. Yeah, I mean, John, when was the last time you touched ten feet? I've it's never touched ten feet. <laughs> Ever. For me. She went up there and it's, I think the first day that she was allowed to to jump in that way, and I think she got like nine, ten and a half. And Kevin, our strength coach, goes, "I think you could probably get to ten. Come on, man, let's see." You know, it got her, you know, energy going a little bit and got up there and hit that ten foot mark. And you know, that's um, she's still quite a few inches away from what her peak is, but I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big deal, you know, four yeah. and a half months after surgery. And so, um, you know, right now I think she's probably getting some inspiration from, uh, from, uh, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals quarterback of, you know, sure. what he's been doing on a, you know, coming back from ACL or maybe she's getting no inspiration. Maybe it's just me trying to shove it down her throat. Cause I'm a Bengals fan, but it's the, uh, you know, uh, she's, she's probably ahead of, of, uh, uh, you know, probably what we thought she'd be at this point. Well, I mean, because when you won the title, if I, if I remember correctly, she, you know, she, she worked her way out to the, to the pile. And now a couple months later, she's touching 10 feet. Like when you said that my jaw kind of dropped, I'm like, I guess I don't really uh, fully aware of the timeline, but I think that's just, that's pretty remarkable. I would think she was doing really, really well. And then there was something that was kind of click there was something that was kind of a, a little bit off it wasn't anything bad but it, she all of a sudden she was moving real well and then all of a sudden she's walking with this big limp yeah you know, it's like wait a minute that's that's not good and they're like don't worry about it it's fine it's a, it's all good but how she's moving around right now and 
what she's doing on a bicycle, you know, she's up there just cranking on the bike every, every day is, is, um, you would never know right now with, she's just not playing volleyball right now, but, uh, all of her movement stuff and the strength is coming back how you'd want it. We're, you know, we're, we're, we're excited. Um, you know, I asked you about the, the lineup and the kind of the process of that. And before this podcast, we were kind of going through, um, some different topics we want to talk about. And what about the process of putting together a roster in 2021, 2022? Uh, obviously that's different than from in years past. And uh, what is that process like? Because you're dealing with, I'm guessing the transfer portal has just opened up the, the range of possibilities when constructing a team nowadays. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, right? It's, uh, you know, like when we first got here, <clears throat> a recruiting philosophy was, Hey, let's, let's try to dominate uh, our state and two states away from our state. You know, you, you're able to, to recruit, you know, freshmen, sophomores all the way through, you know, people are spending time watching eighth graders and, and all that. And so um, that's kind of where we wanted to, to be. And, um, and then that started expanding a little bit more. Um, and then, uh, you know, all of a sudden we're not allowed to, to communicate at all to freshmen or sophomores and, and you've got to pivot uh, with that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and uh, all of a sudden you're seeing transfers being eligible to play right away in the last 10 years, you know, in that window. And you're, then you're seeing, people within your own conference being eligible to play right away. And so you're pivoting with, with that. And, and uh, you know, we, we've had some conversation with some international kids and you're kind of pivoting with that. Now, now with the portal, you know, it's, you're having to, you're having to adjust with that. And what we're trying to do is not make a lot of judgments, uh, you know, saying whether something is good or bad or something like that, because it just doesn't matter. It just, where we are right now and what are you going to what are you going to do about it and and um you know i think everybody was thinking that the portal was going to be kids from like mid-majors moving up i think that's what everybody was fearful of and talking about um what i don't think what i'm a little bit surprised of as soon as there is a coaching change somewhere in the country it seems like the almost the entire roster is just immediately going to portal and bailing that's that's going to make administrators have to think about how they're going to deal with that do you see you know do you automatically right when you announce the head coach is gone do you immediately elevate the assistant so you don't lose people um administrators and all these sports are going to have to get involved right away maybe captains leaders of teams uh, so you're just not gutted so that's been a little bit of a surprise and then we've seen elite players like all Americans, first team all Americans lead really good teams to go play for other really, really good teams. That's been a surprise. And um, uh, again, you, you've got to you've got to deal with it and, and figure. One of the things I think is going to be a tricky is uh, is your culture. And um, you know, one of the things like when. when like think about Sydney Hilly when she committed like as a freshman or uh, or so, mm-hmm. we'd had a lot of conversations on the phone, and then she committed, and she's making many trips here. She's coming to summer camps. Uh, we're talking on the phone for for years, and and um, 
she's young and impressionable and she comes in and she has an idea of what we're about and then jumps in. Well, now with the portal, you're seeing people that maybe you have a couple conversations, maybe, uh, with a kid. And now they're a hardened 20-year-old, you know, stuck in their ways, you know, kind of like Dennis. And um, uh, and maybe they're not as pliable or, or, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, no offense, Dennis. But, um, you know, the, the I think the uh, one of the things that we've got to be careful about is when you have somebody that has been around a program for three, four, maybe five years, and the younger people, new players come in, they, they tell them, this is how things are done here. And uh, now, if you don't have those people that have been there for years through the recruiting process and early on, if you just have, if all your new kids, if all your old kids are just transfers, who's helping these new ones along the way? And especially if you're a head coach and you've got new assistants, if you don't have a strong foundation of people that have been with the program for years, now your culture is at risk. And coaches are going to have to, to deal with that and, uh, and, and be really effective communicators. So – I don't know. There are some different challenges that I think we're all probably thinking through, but it's it's an exciting time. I, I do I do agree with with people having the ability to move. You know, head coaches and, and players and and assistant coaches. It's uh, I don't know. It's the American way, right? Yeah, I guess so. It's been <laughs> fun. Just I guess, this has been fun watching the roster. Uh, you know, just just kind of come together during the off season, and whether that's through international players or a transfer like Sarah Franklin or Crawford. And um, yeah, it's just, and, and you only have one incoming freshman for next year. It's just, it's kind of a, maybe just a, a unique way in 2022 or unique year, I should say in 2022, you know, um, one other thing I wanted to ask you about, let me see if this works. Um, I'm at the field house right now. And as you can see, I feel the weatherman up yeah. here. Yeah. I we've see got that. this, this new area ready to go for 2022. If you're watching on Spotify, it's that uh, in the upper deck in uh, one of the uh, end lines. And um, I don't know what direction. What direction is that? Anybody know what direction? So that's the north end. The north end. Okay, so this is the north end. But what else can we expect from the field house? And what do you what do you think about this uh, when we're ready to open this up? Because I think this is going to just make the field house even more just such a place to be to go watch to go watch volleyball. You're having fun doing that, aren't you? I do. I am. I love it. It's it's cool because I can play with the green screen. Yeah, yeah. John, the weatherman. It's a, <laughs> I mean, it's going to be really cool. I mean, to be able to go up there and get food and drinks during during matches, you know, some some premium seating. I mean, that's something that um, you know we've been pushing for and hoping for, and, and uh, to to see it coming together, especially with the things on the other side of that wall. You know, it's been fun watching the football project and and all that and that's just gonna it's gonna flow um uh to, together really really nicely um you know and then i think we're you know i think the plan is to put some chair backs and uh yeah, okay. some of those behind the scores table as well and so giving fans the opportunity to have a, a a little bit um uh you know being ada compliant as, as well and in some some areas doing a better job with that but 
Uh, I think when people get here in the, in the fall, they'll be uh, they'll see some changes. That'll be one of them up there. That um, trying to be better with uh, giving a premium seating option into the field house um, is, uh, and that that one certainly be the the most impressive. I mean, that'd be cool. There, there's not. I mean, how many places are there in college volleyball where you can just go up there and and eat and have a drink and with that kind of view the view up there is amazing it is unbelievable yeah that's awesome i mean and the chairbacks i think that's a a really great move but it's almost like you know when sometimes people buy a new house and they they do the kitchen one year and then the basements comes next and they kind of put the house together how they've they envisioned it like what else can we do to the field house because you've done the windows we added the scoreboard there's new floors the locker room we got that area we're just talking about and seat backs we're slowly right. making remodeling this place it's awesome all right what else is on the list well, what else can we do me? yeah uh there's plenty i i want i want to we've got to get a new score scores table uh okay. that uh, has some lights in there i want to do some strip lighting around it oh. so we can do some things with the uh with some stats there i think we need new uh, new corner boards, scoreboards in the corners. I think those things need to be need to be brought up. Uh, the concourse, we've got to find a place to to uh, to get rid of some of the stuff that looks like storage area, and uh, add some trophy cases and, and kind oh, yeah. of spiff that area up a little bit. Oh yeah, we've got a long list of things. But you, you're right; it's just we're chopping away, and that's one of the really cool things about being here is we've got an administration that it that. You know, it's important. Volleyball is important here. And, you know, anybody that's been following over the last decade, I mean, uh, almost every year, there's been something uh, that's been a little bit different. I like some sort of interactive something for the kids, like hit a volleyball, see how fast you can hit, like at a fair or something. Or the VR goggles, like maybe you could step back and get Izzy Ashburn serve and see what that's like. That would be fun. I don't know. I'm just thinking of fun fan experiences too. I'd like to see Dennis try to handle an easy ass burn serve. I know better. Yeah. I've been scared of, of actually getting behind uh, that at a practice and seeing what that's like. Um, One other thing that uh, is on the works, Dennis, this is, this question is for you. All right. um, Is uh, can we, can we talk about the project that you're working on? Can you tell our, our listeners what you're working on in regards to your next project that involves Wisconsin volleyball? Well, we're talking about trying to put a book together on this season and maybe just the growth of the program to get to this championship. And we had kind of kicked it around a little in 2019. And I got some kind of inside access that year and spent a lot of time at different things. And then it came up one match short and it didn't quite seem like the right time. And, uh, then over the last couple of years, I had a lot of people saying, ah, you don't want to do that. It's a, it's a lot of time. It kind of scared me off. And then, uh, after they won, it just seemed like if not now, when, and life is short, go for it. And so Kelly and I've spent a lot of time in the last couple of three weeks going over a variety of things and we'll kind of fan out from there and talk to some more people and then I got a lot of transcribing to do and then a lot of writing to do. And um, we'll see. We 
Anybody knows a good publisher that wants to have people read about Badger volleyball? Uh, let me know. You know what? One of the things that's that's kind of exciting about this is that you know, as I, there's just very little volleyball stuff out there. Mm-hmm. You, you know, books. I mean, I have read more soccer books than I have volleyball books. I'm just there's just, um, you know, you know. Nebraska's had a couple, uh, uh, two or three from uh, over over time, and you know there's been some things like volleyball coaching bible and, and things like that. But you know whether it's telling the history of programs or talking about uh, you know individual seasons or uh, or things like that, there's just so little out there, and I think people would just eat that up. I know our fan base would would certainly mm-hmm. eat that up. So it's it's so cool to have. Dennis uh, wanting to take on this this big project and have a passion for it, and, you know, you know what what you do, John here is is feeding into people's passion for our sport as as well, and you know what Bianca does and things. But um, Dennis has a you know it's uh, I know he's excited about it. We're we're fired up about the project. Yeah, you just have to take. You're probably going to have to golf less. You know, because that's a big four-hour chunk where you could be writing something. Uh, get it done before golf season. Oh, that's even better. Well, plus, you know, it doesn't take that long to play golf. It's a long day. I guess so. There's a lot of hours in the day. What's the most exciting part? I mean, I know you've never written a book, but what do you think is going to be the most exciting part of of writing a book? I don't even know where to begin. I have no idea what that process is even like. Uh, I'm trying to figure that out as I go here. and. Okay. Um, try to organize it in a way that I can actually make it work. I've talked to a couple of people, but everybody's got that I talked to has had done different kinds of books. So it doesn't quite fit. I, I need to find the right person who's done something similar. Um, I'm, I'm open to suggestions on things. I, I'm mostly it's a curiosity to see if I can make it happen. Um, oh, for sure. You will. Um, like, I, I think like, I think making the title for the book would be really fun. Like coming I'm, up with the title. I don't have one. Um, okay. That's open to suggestion too. I, I figure Kelly or Gary White's always good with that kind of stuff too. I think. I think if we sat down with a brainstorming session, Kelly is always Kelly. I feel like you'd come up with a book title. You give you give yourself thirty minutes, and you'd probably come up with something pretty solid. We got a little bit of time for that, don't we? Yeah, yeah, we have some time. It probably can be the last thing, right? You can do if needed. Um, all right. I don't know who have? gets to make that call. Um, yeah. What else we got hey, going what, on? What are you guys seeing right now with the the portal and things like that? Of how that has changed uh, th- throughout the the country and things. Is there things that are jumping out at you guys? I, I see a lot of people. You know, when there were um, Zoe Fleck and and um, what's her name from Texas Fields. <clears throat> People are really excited about, and there, there's a lot of speculation. I, I always wonder how it affects, like I know you're heading out next week, I think, with the traditional recruiting and how you manage your 12 scholarship count, knowing that you might not want to fill them all and, and you aren't as able to plan too far ahead because you aren't able to recruit young kids or get early commitments where you know what you have coming. So managing that and 
how you work in whoever might pop up and staying open to those possibilities. It's like if you're full and then somebody pops up and you say, wait a second, she wants to come here. We don't have any place for her. And you've already got three commitments from high school juniors. Um, I don't know how you manage all that. I mean, that seems like it will get tricky. Well, you, you're not going to be able to over overcommit. You're going to get yourself in trouble if, if, if you do that. If you're a program that does that, if you're offering scholarships that you don't have in hopes of running somebody out, you, we're going to see we're going to see that. You, you're going to see what type of coaches and programs just by you know massive amounts of, of transfers out. Um, you know, uh, it's it, it's too easy to become a transactional program. And that's what people have got to be careful. I don't know if people have to be careful. People can do what they want to do. That's, that's just not how we, what we want to go about. We don't want to be a transactional program where just people are just kind of coming and going. You know, I you know hopefully we're more of a relational and, and um, we're not having a lot of people transfer out while they still, you know, before they graduated. Um, it's a, um, that'll, that'll be the interesting thing because, I mean, almost every time that you – you you know you open up the you know the portal there's a you know it's 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 like a new you know a new toy is there or a new dessert or something hey what about this or, or something and um yeah I just interrupt there kelly because i think the, the flip side and i think people immediately speculate when i'll say sarah franklin comes People who you have who play that position, they're the the fan base. Well, oh, is so and so going to leave? Is so and so going to feel bad? Is she going to be mad? If you could tell people the reaction uh, that that you've gotten from the players on your roster already, when word of someone comes in or as a kid sp comes here to visit and they're hanging out with her for a while, what that process is like for you? It, it's. I think it's based, it's going to be, it, it probably differs from place to place, right? And what the culture is and things. And here's, here's how it's been handed down from years to years. I think when Kelly Bates came in here and beat out Demi Morales, Demi, how she approached that was just so powerful. You just never saw a difference with her in the gym. And and we celebrate that. That is something we should be celebrating is that selflessness of still continuing to work hard, still be passionate about the game, but, and still supportive of, uh, uh, of, of somebody like uh, Kelly coming in here as a freshman. Or, you know, let's go back a year before, how, how Courtney Thomas was regarding uh, Lauren Carlini coming in. And, you know, when, when Tiffany Clark was here, and Lauren Barnes was trying to figure out whether she wanted to come. The person that recruited her the hardest was Tiffany Clark. I mean, she was just, it was relentless to try to, to try to get Barnesy here from her. She was just, she was unbelievable. Then when, when Boyer decided to, to go through the recruiting process, Barnes grabbed, grabbed the bull by the horns, if you will, and it was just great for her. Um, when Franklin came in here, uh, you know, we had an optional dinner. Whoever wanted to come can come. You know, Jay Demps, I think, was the first one to say, here, I'm on board. But, she, you know, she's also a pin hitter. Lauren Jardine came in right after a visit and said, you know, hey, I was around a little bit, but use me. I would have, you know, 
you know, use me more, even though she plays her position. And so um, I think everybody feels comfortable that this is a situation that, that playing time isn't promised. It's just not how we recruit. It's not how we communicate to people. It's, it's, um, and so it, nobody here feels like things are political. You know, it doesn't go to the oldest. It doesn't go to a favorite. It's just, you know, we just, we're open about it. And so everybody knows what they're getting into before they decide to come here. And so it, nobody feels like they're being tricked or, or anything else like that. We're, my job is to bring in talent. It's their job to get good <laughs> and, uh, and it, you know, and to improve. And, um, uh, you know, but it's, it's, I think it's healthy. We certainly don't have a lot of people that are just bolting out of here after their second or third year or right after somebody commits. Um, and so, but if, but if this is not what they're wanting, there's other programs that are, that are better fits for those kids. So it's just how we do it. There's a lot of different ways to, to go about things and, uh, but it's going to be one of those things that we've got to manage a little bit differently with, with the portal there. You know, do we, do, are you, do coaches go and get a project that is going to possibly sit on the bench for the first two or three years until they grow? Mm-hmm. Are they likely to do it at a, at a program, you know, a, a top big 10 school? Do those elite athletes that need a lot more training, are they more likely to go to a different school? Um, do you leave a scholarship open in your back pocket 12 months out of the year for the portal? I've been, you know, people haven't really been doing that. So, uh, I don't know. Here's the thing. It's going to be fun to watch, you know, uh, you know, I don't know how many emails I've gotten from people that have been worried about recruiting. (laughs) We've got a lot of of those and just inside the offices here, we're just not, you know, it's, we pivot. And uh, that's that's our job. Yeah. How how much do you think? I mean, one of the things I think about, whether it's volleyball or whatever sport it is with the transfer portal, is that the the powerhouse programs just have an opportunity to get even better, even richer, I guess, another way of putting it, because those are kind of like if you can get a, a star athlete from another school and you might have a little bit more national spotlight or whatever, like I just feel like. The, the good teams can just get even better because of the transfer portal. Um, yes, I think there will be a more of a separation between uh, even within our league, the, who is who is up there at the top and who is not. Uh, I don't think that is good for the sport. Um, I think players uh, being able to go somewhere where they're able to reach their dreams and their goals and do a program that that is a better fit for them uh, i think that is good for the individual um but then if universities or athletic departments don't like where player where if they don't feel like people are going to their schools then they can do something about it they can invest in the sport more they can invest in their program more and that is good for the sport all right if people aren't going to your school choosing to transfer there, then invest in the sport more, invest in in facilities, invest, you know, in staffing, get directors of ops, get uh, technical uh, coordinators, uh, put in some of those things and uh, more marketing dollars, things like that. And so, um, 
you, you don't have to just sit still, right? I mean, mm -hmm. find a way in this climate. And so I think that's going to force force that. But I think you're right, right out of the gate. Um, it's going to have more of a separation. There's, there's going to be some people that, uh, some places that uh, are going to be really attractive to the transfers. Hopefully, hopefully we're one of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one thing uh, that I love about the, the end of season banquet is when you get up and you start, you know, telling your story of the of the season. And this one was obviously fun because you got to go through the whole thing and the national championship. Um, if you had to pick a couple of your favorite moments and it doesn't have to be just obviously, you know, winning the whole thing. What are some of your favorite moments from 2021 that you think kind of um, embody the season? as a whole or are, 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 what are those moments? I'm really proud of how our team has approached COVID with the maturity and a laser like focus to do whatever they could to give themselves the best chance. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I'm really proud of, uh, of, of that. I think, uh, I think they were uh, leaders in our, in our athletic department with, with how they approached that and uh, the selflessness. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, I loved how we approached um, lineups uh, adjustments and roles changing because uh, that was happening a lot. And I just thought there was just such a um, uh, there was such a level of trust from our players while we were kind of managing bats. And, and I thought we, um, uh, uh, you know, how we responded after losses and, and the growth that will kind of happen. I really like that individual play. I don't know, man, it's uh, maybe, maybe set to, you know, when we're in extra points against Nebraska, right. And uh, Grace was just having a really tough time handling the ball. She was hitting. Okay. But handling the ball, she was just getting eaten alive. And uh, they've got a set point to go up to, Oh, I think it was like, 28 to 27, if I'm not mistaken. It was right around there. And she just sticks the ball, sticks it. And, um, you know, Sid maybe took a step and a half to, to go to it. And, and uh, we run a gap ball uh, with Dana. Her middle goes and commits on the gap because why would you not set Dana in this situation? And Sydney goes over the top and sets to Grace. And Grace just passed the hit, hit a ball uh, to the opposite corner. You couldn't have walked over there and placed any better. But what I really liked about that is earlier she had a one-on-one -on -one block and she hit right at Rodriguez. You know, Rodriguez is just sitting there and just puts it puts it on. And that would have been her safe swing. In that moment, she sticks the pass, transition out to hit. The trust that Sid had to go to her in, in that moment. And then her not hitting her best shot right where the bro was, but to go into that far corner right there on that. I mean, it was such a gutsy, gutsy, just huge, massive play. Big, biggest play of the man uh, in, in that mo uh, certainly up to that point. At a time where she wasn't doing really well, uh, at least uh, what she wanted to be doing. With being in a scenario where she hadn't played the way she's been wanting to the previous couple years, uh, uh, you know, toward the end of the season. All those things are kind of going on, and for her to kind of calm herself down and execute in that moment it'll be if not the highlight it'll be one of the highlights of um, of my entire coaching career so just so freaking proud of her took a team to kind of get into that you know what you know the self-talk that had to be going with her at that time and it's um 
it was awesome. That that was that was probably my season highlight. I would say that's so cool because there are moments in a season in a playoff game and a difference board in the tournament in volleyball or whatever. And there are moments where fans don't, I mean, that's something a coach remembers and that, that possibly, uh, I don't want to be too dramatic here, but that possibly could sway the entire match. You know, if, if grace doesn't have all that self-talk or that confidence that you're talking about and Nebraska goes up to nothing. I mean, that turns the tide of everything. And I think it's so cool to hear those, those situations that, that maybe as a fan, we don't, we don't remember as much as a coach would. There, there are these things that are you ready for the moment when the moments are the biggest and your back is against the wall? What do you like in those things? And what is the self-talk like? Are you regulating your breathing and your heartbeat in those moments? Uh, are you, you can't just be a bull in a China shop in our sport. you got to work with the people next to you as well. And, you know, and, and she had Yulia Orzel next to her that was a ball the previous ball was right into the seam and 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 got her and so you know you've got to continue to flow and work with that other person your footwork you know to to get outside to stay in tempo on that one of their best servers on the other side of the net certainly for uh in that match and uh you know you, you know we've got chad mcgahee as the as uh as our mindfulness coach you know, who spent a lot of work with not just Grace, with everybody, of being able to, um, you know, when you're in the eye of the hurricane, which we certainly were, Grace was in that moment. A, a million people on TV knew that she was going to get the next serve. Uh, 18,000 people in the stadium knew she was going to get the next serve. And more importantly, she knew she was going to get that serve. Um, but if you don't have an athletic department that is investing in <clears> – <throat> in a mindfulness coach of something that we saw a few years earlier, you know, when you got hot heads <clears throat> like Tiffany Clark and Lauren Barnes and things like that, you better, you know, you better invest in somebody to kind of cool the temperature at times. Um, it takes an entire team around the team to be able to get to that point, to that moment. And the athletes got to trust themselves and, um, you know, I think back to Grace earlier in her career, she'd be in those moments and you just see her, she'd do a lot of this kind of stuff, but along next to her, just, you know, and you'd be like, Grace, you know, relax a little bit. She's like, I, I am. It's like, right, you're the only one that's buying that right now. And, um, you know, to see a kid that just has the absolute, you know, if you want others to believe in you, you've got to first believe in yourself. And for her in that moment to believe herself and be able to execute with, you know, and, and how everything else went, it's just, you're super stoked for that. Uh, you know, another moment that I really loved is, is after the Louisville match, you know, Dana, Dana had some really big blocks in that match, but offensively wasn't hitting real, you know, at a high Dana Redkey percentage. But Anna Smrek had herself a, a match right afterwards. Uh, Dana going and giving her a big old bear a hug and saying, you know, I'm so freaking proud of you is man. What a leadership moment uh, that that is, is that you can have your chief there, you know, showing love and, and appreciation for a young buck that is kind of coming up. And it was just a very selfless moment. And one of just, you know, that I, that I hope that our program is about is that our best players in that can aren't thinking about themselves in that moment. They're thinking about somebody and lifting a younger one up. 
Yeah, that's awesome. That that's that's a great moment as well. You know, kind of almost like passing the torch in in a sense from from Dana to Anna. It seemed like as well. So, man, this was fun. This is fun to catch up. We should do it again in the off season if you guys are down. I got this nice little setup here. I can put another cool picture behind me and point at stuff, and it'll be uh it'll be a lot of fun. Anything we miss, Kelly, that you wanted to touch on? I'm sure we missed a lot, and we'll yeah. we'll, do, we'll save it for the next one, right? Okay, okay, and we'll keep an eye out for Dennis's book. If you have publishers or ideas for a title, uh, get on Dennis's uh, Twitter at Dennis Punzel on Twitter. That's your Twitter account, right? I don't I even so. I don't even know what people's Twitter accounts are. Yeah, there used to be a WSJ on it, but that's not there anymore. So. Okay, all right, minus the WSJ. Just type in Dennis Punzel, and you'll find yeah, it. Yeah, you can find me. Yeah. All right, Dennis. I'm going, to, I'm going to Ian's right now. Anybody else want to meet me there? <laughs> yeah, let's go to Ian's. Let's go to Ian's and grab a slice or two. It's the best. I'm about four blocks from me and Julio's, but I don't think <laughs> I'm going to get there. Yeah, well, maybe you'll win a gift card coming up when they jump on in March, and you can go get yourself. Those margaritas are the best. Yeah. And Ian, it's All I'm doing here with these sponsorship guys is just partnering with stuff I like. like yeah. <laughs> I like Ian's, and I like T-shirts, and I like yeah. Scotty. And... Um, all right, guys. Well, we'll do it again. And uh, thanks for the time. Thanks, guys. It. See you. All right. There you go. That's uh, Kelly Sheffield and Dennis Punzel for episode 30 of the John Cast podcast. Uh, so once again, to review, Scotty has T-shirts. The first one is this beautiful Wisconsin T-shirt with Madison right there. You can purchase this online at johncastpodcast.com to help support this podcast. Um, and uh, we've got a new T-shirt coming out next week with another Wisconsin sports theme, plus Ian's Pizza. Look out. We've got the March Madness bracket coming up, so I will have, hopefully by the end of the week, a sign-up for bracket uh, for a bracket you can join, and then you'll be able to uh, get involved right away. we got to get this thing moving now because before you know it, that that first – we're not going to count the play-in games. That first Thursday game is going to tip off, and if you're not in, you can't win this TV that we're giving away with Ian's pizza. And then me and Julio starts uh, in March and hopefully we can uh, do some fun things with me and Julio because those margaritas and the food, oh, I always get to get tacos. I get the uh, the bang bang chicken or the bang bang shrimp. It's delicious. If you haven't been to me and Julio, you should go there. Maybe Dennis will be there. Maybe I'll be there. I don't know. It's fun. So we'll talk more about me and Julio in the future as well. Um, so yeah, I think I've covered all my bases. We'll talk to you next week. I'll talk some Packers next week. Ooh, I'm working on a guest. Well, I'm still working on another guest, but I'm working on a guest that I think is just going to be so kind of out of the box. It's not really, it's not sports related at all, but it's just, I don't want to say too much. It's somebody I saw online. I'm like that guy I have to have on the podcast immediately. So we'll see if that comes to fruition here in the next coming weeks as well. But thanks for uh, watching episode 30 of the John Cast podcast. Goodbye.